Welcome back to Movies at 2 a.m., the show where we discuss B-movies, bad movies, low-budget movies, box office bombs, and otherwise obscure films. I'm Bryce Huffman. I'm Irving Thomas, and I'm back. No. <laughs> yes, Irving is back in the flesh, and for a perfect movie to come back for, we're talking about the 1995 horror film Vampire in Brooklyn. Brooklyn, stand up. <laughs> Brooklyn, we go hard. <laughs> Oh, man, they were going hard on Brooklyn in this movie, bro. <laughs> hey, man, this movie was special. I, I I want everyone out there watching and listening to know that I I wrote a dissertation taking notes. And I showed Bryce before we started it's recording. It's a lot. It's, it's a lot. I have a lot to say. Let's let's get into it. Yeah, before we <laughs> get, get into, into it, it. Uh, don't forget to like, share and subscribe. And of course, we got to give our spoiler warning, even though this movie is quite old. And to be honest, even if we told you the ending, you wouldn't really get the magic of what Vampire in Brooklyn is all about. So uh, I'm going to give the IMDb synopsis, which I find to be kind of lazy for a movie that's this wild. But a ship docks in Brooklyn with all its crew dead. But someone gets off and the killing continues on land. A Caribbean vampire is searching <laughs> for a specific woman, half human, half vampire. Rita is the detective investigating the mini killings. You that, see what I mean? Like, oh, that was it. Yeah, that's it. Right. Like, it seems like they cut it short. That felt that fell flat. That yeah. Fell flat. I want to hear I want I want to hear yours. Uh, OK, so mine, because I, I assume you beat me on this one when I just looked at how many damn notes you had written. Uh, I assume yours. I be wrote better than these mine. at three in the morning. You know, it's crazy. I wrote my synopsis before I rewatched the movie because I just hadn't seen it in a minute. But I was like, let me I've seen it enough times. Let me just write the synopsis that I think I want. And then I slightly changed it while I was watching the movie. But mine is what if Eddie Murphy played a vampire with a bad Caribbean accent in a movie directed by the late great master of horror himself, Wes Craven? And then what if that movie tried really hard to make half the scenes very serious then immediately leaning into how goofy the premise is the very next scene. Vampire in Brooklyn. I like that. I like that. Are you ready for my... <laughs> I'm not ready. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, and I, I want to point out yet again, I wrote this at three in the morning. Three in the morning. Luckily, I did not have nightmares after watching this film. <laughs> my synopsis, Ben Roethlisberger in Bohemian Blackface shows up in Brooklyn to stalk Angela Bassett and make her his his bride. Vampire in Brooklyn. I can I can accept defeat. That was okay. Yep. I'll accept that L. That was a good one. I mean, I mean, he was give, you can't be a vampire and give off stalker vibes. <laughs> like I've never seen literally and oh, there's so many double entendres in this movie. Someone so thirsty. <laughs> literally literally thirsty literally thirsty for blood and angela bassett granted okay in my notes i have i've said this a few times i don't blame him because it's angela bassett right angela bassett was perfect in this movie i would faint meet meeting angela bassett right now right yeah like in 1995 oh my goodness yeah i (laughs) yeah bro like Angela Bassett was... Alan Payne was sick. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, let's get into... Can we get into the cast first? Because there are so many... So I'll I'll run through this really quickly. Directed by Wes Craven, R.I.P. 
R.I.P. Go. Story written by Eddie Murphy and his brother Charlie, Charlie Murphy. Murphy. Also I, R.I.P. I put that in my notes. Yes. I put that in my uh, notes. And then Charlie and a couple other people wrote the screenplay. But starring in this movie is obviously Eddie Murphy, Angela Bassett, Alan Payne, John Witherspoon, uh, Kadeem Hardison. Yeah, R.I.P. R.I.P. to Charlie Legend. Murphy. And John with oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 1995 was a long time ago. That um, Boondocks cast might be cursed. Someone better get Regina King. Keep oh. her protected. Oh my, <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, Kadeem Hardison playing. Basically, he looked like a crackhead after, like he a crackhead. Got, after he got turned into a ghoul. A ghoul. Uh, he came up at the end, though. He did. He really did. He went from, he went from smoking crack to selling it. <laughs> it's like the Kendrick line. I don't smoke, smoke crack, crack, motherfucker. I, I, sell, I it. sell it. Yeah, uh, there's some other folks in this movie who I had recognized from other things, but those are the main folks. Yeah, yeah, it's the main cast. So tell me, upon rewatch, what was the thing that stuck out to you about the opening? Because I I know what it was for me when I watched it. I haven't seen this movie in a very long time. Longer so- than five years. Yes. Okay. So it's basically like rewatching a mo- well, it's basically like watching a movie for the first time. And I I want to read to you some of my initial notes. Okay. Because, this is what I was hoping for. Because this is an this movie is an hour and 40 minutes. I probably probably stretch this to 3 hours pausing to take, <laughs> to take notes. notes. I did too. And I didn't even get some of the best lines because I, I'm, I'm going to give you guys a spoiler to my best performance, and it is easily John Witherspoon. He has some of the best quotes in this film. Um, some that were too long to actually write down. I was I was lazy. It was three in the morning, and I said I'm tired as fuck. So <laughs> I started off by saying, and I want to leave you with some of some of these messages. Eddie Murphy was off the Rick James when he came up with this. Yes, that is, that is a fact. That is a yes. fact. That that is not disputable. Um, some of the the best lines came. So this movie starts off in Brooklyn, clearly a yes. vampire in Brooklyn. You have Uncle Silas played by John Witherspoon's character, and Kadeem Hardison. <laughs> Hardison is his nephew, uh, Julius Jones. Julius Jones, and they are. Which reminded me of Jules Jones when I was watching it, and it just made made me crack up. So are you talking about Holla Holla? <laughs> oh we're going there we're going there today I, he said uh, said irving is back oh let's get into it holla back y'all <laughs> not to be confused with Gwen stefani so the movie starts out and they're chilling in brooklyn gambling actually they're shooting yep. dice and then a ship crashes into the hood yeah like it, it crashes right into where they're watching uh what game show were they? What Family Feud? I think. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> right from right from jump, Kadeem Hardison's character Julius shows how much of a bitch he is because he's like, you know what, Unc, you're old. You check out the boat. I'm gonna leave. <laughs> and then, of course, he checks out the boat. Uh, the boat, and there's a bunch of dead bodies on it. There's 18 specifically. There's 18 dead bodies. They are all white people. Um, we were they all white? They were all white people. Oh. I can't believe we did not cover this in Black History Month. I, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, because, and that joke comes up. This this movie is actually racist as well. It is. It really <laughs> is. I said okay. So Eddie Murphy 
is clearly the vampire. He's on the ship. He kills 18 people because he's looking for another vampire to become his bride. And played by Angela Bassett. Her character's name is um, Rita. Rita. So he comes out of his casket on the ship and you learn that he can shape shift, which I guess apparently vampires can do. I didn't know that. I don't know any vampires. I, I mean, I feel like in most vampire lore, they can at least turn into a bat. I've seen a bat. Yeah, I've never seen a wolf. Yeah, which, like which he, goes he, which which we talked about this before we started recording. I was like, this movie is kind of bones. Yeah, Kareem Hardison looks like he's on crack. Which Snoop Dogg, bones. a dog, smoked crack. Okay, I, they I forced him to smoke crack in that movie, just like Kadeem Hardison was forced into this state of looking like a crackhead. So I'm actually devastated because I meant to bring some tinfoil before I walked into the studio today to wear, because I have conspiracy theories. I This movie is crazy. I said this movie is disrespectful to your family. For all of you listeners out there, Bryce is half bohemian. <laughs> His father is bohemian. I said that accent that Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy in this movie is a bohemian, a Caribbean, Jamaican, I call it a pseudo Caribbean yeah. vampire, and he is dressed. <laughs> I can't. I can't even talk, man. This this, this is crazy. You man. know what? When I saw his outfit, you know who I thought of first? Pinky. Julian Tabron. <laughs> no, I thought of Pinky from Next Friday. I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, like I was like, that looks like something. I mean, change the color a little bit, but that looks like exactly like something he would wear. So I said that the special effects for this film, which we'll talk about more, um, it starts out with a ship crashing into the hood. I was like, the special effects are elite. The costume design is elite. I said I would have thrown Eddie Murphy or Maximilian, Max for short, in fashion jail. Joan Rivers is rolling in her grave like the Chef Boyardee <laughs> can in the commercial. Because his wardrobe was awful. He did yes. not have drip. He had gold, but he had no drip. No, and he had drip from his hair. I like that. I like that. I like that. The the Jericho was flowing. Yo, whoever whoever's idea was to put Eddie in that goddamn wig. I came to hate today. I'm not going to lie. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I thought it was fantastic. I was thoroughly entertained. I was like, wow, I can't believe I can stay up at three in the morning without a Celsius <laughs> or a Red Bull, I was impressed, but it was because this was really entertaining. His accent was the first thing that really got me. I said, it sounds like he got his accent off of Duolingo. <laughs> it must've taken two weeks. It sounded like he took two weeks worth of lessons and gave up. Um, I said, it's a pseudo bohemian accent and he is dressed like the third member of Millie Vanilli. <laughs> and then I, I wrote a jack the, uh, a joke that fell flat. I said Millie Vamp Nilly, which is bad. I, but I, I it will, would fit in a movie like this. It would fit perfectly in this a movie. A missed opportunity. But they got every other joke under the sun in this film. So can you walk us through like the premise after after the shipwreck and Eddie Mer Mer Murphy yeah. Max Maximilian reveals he's a vampire who came to Brooklyn to find this so, woman what happens so this is really funny because I was watching uh, I showed Sharice my girlfriend for oh you made her watch this no not this I showed her a nightmare on Elm Street last week for the and, first time ever and she had never seen it right Damn, uh, okay I respect the it. the first dude that chases down Kadeem Hardison is the he plays rod in a nightmare on elm street that's the same guy yeah right and i 
had never really seen them in anything other than the original Nightmare on Elm Street. And they to are pseudo Italian mobsters, right? For they anyone are... listening, known <laughs> as the the pizza delivery man. Yes, that is his nickname. I I told you I took I took notes, bro. Yo, this, yo, this, this movie this movie, this movie is so wild. interesting to me. This movie is wild. It goes yo. in a lot of different pockets. It bounces around, yo. Yeah, his name is uh, and I don't know how to pronounce his first name. Uh, this actor, it's J S U Garcia. So Jesu Garcia, I think, is how it's pronounced. I was going to say, give it, give it, give it a, a old college try, my man. I mean, the good old college try. You, you, you sounded like Missy Elliott. You sounded like her <laughs> rapping backwards. It's like, hey, man, you're educated. I mean, you're an authored poet. You won awards. I talk, have. talk your shit, my man. Yeah. So seeing him. Uh, just a week after watching a Nightmare on Elm Street was hilarious because like I, I hadn't that. I hadn't seen Vampire in Brooklyn, oof, probably since I haven't seen it in a really long time. I, I hadn't seen it in like damn near a decade. Like okay. the last time I watched this movie was directly after watching that episode of the Lucas Bros that makes fun of Vampire in Brooklyn. I had not seen this movie since then. So like watching it again and just seeing like how many people I recognized in this movie, it was it was wild. But after Eddie Murphy reveals himself to be a vampire to Kadeem Hardison, he changes him into his ghoul, his servant. Basically, I have, I have, I have a, I have a note about that. I, I have, I have, you have notes, notes about notes. Every, I have notes about everything. He was I, like the Renfield to Dracula, basically. Yes, that is a great comparison. And in order to transform him, he makes him dr- drink a drop of blood, right? Um, and specifically. So I guess there are levels to to being a vampire. You have to go through, if you're lucky enough, you start as a ghoul. And when you're a ghoul, you're deteriorating and you look like you're smoking crack and you're, you're, um, you look like bubbles from the wire. Your appendages are, fu- oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> but didn't he look, didn't he look like him though? With all the marks on his face? He looked like he was down ferociously. I wrote Maximilian gives Julius a drop of douce blood and this nigga turns <laughs> into a vampire actually a ghoul and then i wrote out wow because i was i was i was reading out my voice notes to to note that's actually probably why i have so many things everything i have written in my phone is me speaking to myself like i can't believe this i said apparently he becomes a slave excuse me his ghoul and this is like when diddy convinced niggas to drink Ciroc. yeah yeah it's crazy. So no, okay, please continue. Please continue. I, I'm enjoying this. I was just I was looking up uh one of the other writers, Michael Lucker, uh one of the other people who wrote the screenplay, and he's most known for writing like sequels to Disney movies. Like say he, he wrote Kronk's New Groove. He did I love that scre- movie. He did the screenplay for Mulan 2. He was an uncredited I writer on the really- sequel to Lilo and Stitch. I uh, he was a co-writer on Spirit Stallion of uh, the Cimarron. I th- I it's haven't like seen a, that movie, so it's like a mid-tier. He's like a Jared Goff of of Disney writers because you no you started off, because Jared started Goff strong. Did he though? His his first screenplay is Vampire in Brooklyn. That's iconic. Well, it's iconic, but it's iconic for a lot of like the wrong reasons. Like this movie is wild, okay, and so- that's. I what did, makes it iconic? I didn't get to start off by saying, do you want to know the first note that I, I wrote down? Sure. Other than the title, the Vampire in Brooklyn Notes. As bad as it is, this movie is amazing. 
I have nothing <laughs> negative to say. It has Angela Bassett in it, and Charlie Murphy co-wrote the screenplay and storyboard. Teflon. So <laughs> I, I don't give a fuck what you say. This movie is phenomenal, and that is iconic. But to go from Vampire in Brooklyn to Lilo and Stitch, the sequel... And Mulan too. No, he went from he went from Vampire in Brooklyn to Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron. I'm as not a co-writer. I'm not. And that was a seven year gap. So, in between those seven years, let's see. He, he had to wait for people to forget that Vampire in Brooklyn came out. I mean, <laughs> and relaunched. You know his what career. I'm saying? Like, <laughs> in between that, well, I don't know what he was doing between that. Um, it looks like he just worked crew on a bunch of gigs. I respect that. And I, I want to say, I don't even know if you're alive. I hope you are. I'm joking. Uh, I am. I believe he is. He okay, is. He amazing. just wrote a short 1056 that's completed, but has not yet. Been I want to say I am thoroughly impressed with your work, sir. I actually enjoy this film a lot. Speaking of actually enjoying the film, okay. what did critics have to say about this? <laughs> And how did this? And how did this movie I want to talk about that. <laughs> how did this? We'll just let's let's get into it. What did critics have to say about it? <laughs> this got a twelve percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so even lower than the Haunted Mansion, which is which is, agree, which is egregious to me because I feel like this movie has so much like memorable, funny shit in it. Though, like, how would it be? How is it lower I will say than the Haunted Mansion? It made money. It made money. Did the it? budget was $14 million and made 35. This movie had a $14 million budget. Uh, well, I guess it's 1995. You have to pay it's, Eddie Murphy. It's Eddie Murphy and, and Angela, Angela Bassett. Bassett. And, and that's, even though Alan Payne probably wasn't super expensive, you got to pay him too. Probably. And Kadeem Hardison following a different world probably wasn't making that much, but. Most of the money went to Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy and Angela Bassett. And then the all of the stuff that they destroyed when they crashed the ship at the beginning, like a lot of the money went to that opening scene, I assume. I I will neither. I want, I don't want to agree or disagree. You could be correct. You could not. I think all of the budget went to the special effects in the wardrobe personally. But hey, you know, it's crazy, man. The special effects in this movie for it being 1995 actually aged pretty well. It's pretty decent. I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I hate it under my notes, but all all things said, like it's it's not the worst thing in the world. Right. Like we've reviewed movies that are more recent with far worse special effects. We have including bones. We have not done Jupiter Ascending yet. But when we get there, ooh, we why haven't we done, oof, I why have, have so we not questions. done Jupiter Ascending? Now that I think about this. You know what? We need to do that and fan four stick. It's not a black film. It's not. I mean, we need to do Season it three. at some point just because there was in this quick sidebar. There was a night where Irving was over at my parents' house when we were legendary. Shout out to Eric and Janice. We were well, we were probably like the a year out out of college. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like the year I after still, I graduated. I was still drinking um, cheap, cheap beer. Yeah, we were we were literally I drinking like high life w- that night. It was high, high life. I, I was going to say Rolling Rock, but thank God. Uh, oh, it, it, mm, no, I think it was either, yeah, or it, both. I don't know. It might, it might say it could have been both. Or there was both. a night where Irvin came over and we were watching that 2015 Fantastic Four movie. That which, was the night I got CTE. 
Yeah, that movie is an atrocious <laughs> piece of shit, in case you were wondering. An abomination to humanity. Like, that movie is so bad that Josh Trank, the director, denounced the film. He's like, this is not what I made. This is what 20th Century Fox put together. One, two, three, I disown this fifth. bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> he put the fifth. He, he put a Mueller report. <laughs> Yo, like, that movie was so bad. Like... It whatever franchise plans they did have, like, did not go anywhere. Like that movie made the other two Fantastic Four movies look like Oscar worthy films. I mean, it's so bad that I, 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 I don't think I can watch it again. And you know me, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sick in the head. Yeah, the craziest uh, part is after we finished that, we watched Jupiter Ascending, and oof. <laughs> it's like back in the day when the cults were trying to kill themselves by drinking Kool-Aid. It's like we tried and I came this close to Nirvana, but <laughs> I think the Miller High Life and, and Rolling Rock was fighting back and pulled our life force back into Jesus our vessels. Christ. Because I, man, let me tell you, I, I've never done anything like that. The closest thing I've come to, um, to that would be watching, um, Battlefield Earth, a soccer of the year 3000, three times <laughs> to prepare for the episode. Wait, wait. Did you not come over to watch um, the first three Sharknado movies the night that they premiered the third one? Were you not were you not at the crib for that? I don't I don't know if I was, but that that would be very entertaining. So. That was hella entertaining. But back to Vampire in Brooklyn, another hella entertaining movie that is kind of a mess in moments, but. I, I can't lie. I actually do love this movie. I, was I like, really enjoy this movie. I was film, a little bro. bit upset at myself for getting to the end of this movie and thinking, oh, yeah, I'd watch this again, like, right away. <laughs> I want to go to some of the reviews because I have I have some rotten. Um, I have some rotten and I have some some fresh reviews, which. I, honestly, the fact I'm that there are fresh reviews. Is I'm a little surprised encouraging. because the audience score for this was, I think it was 31, percent which is also pretty poor. Um, but I, I don't know, man. I really think if you don't take this movie seriously, it's really, really funny. Oh yeah. Um, the once we get into our favorite scenes, and like I said, I took extensive notes. Reverend Paulie or Preacher Paulie. I kind of I that kind of scene, broke. I forgot how Eddie Murphy funny in that his, scene is. Eddie Murphy in his bag of doing Eddie Murphyisms. You can't beat that. Yeah, bro. That was put that this man in some is... prosthetics and let him <laughs> talk in an accent and see what happens. Yo, man, that that scene at the church was so fucking funny to me, bro. Evil is good. Evil. No. Okay. So evil is good. We'll, we'll get to this when we get to favorite lines. But there's there's one line in particular he drops from the pulpit that I was just like, yo, this is this is amazing. Um, and whoever whatever screenwriter wrote that particular line, I assume it was Charlie Murphy. This is evil is good. Whoever whoever wrote that particular line, like you have my eternal respect. But <laughs> what what were what were critics saying? Okay, uh, so we have Rotten. It's one lingering image is that of Eddie Murphy trying and failing to rise from the dead. That's all they said. I was like, that's that's not flattering. That's not saying. I was uh, hoping you'd read the Roger Ebert one. Oh, I should have he's a this. He's a literal professional. He was a professional film hater. Uh, he gave it one star out of four. He was hating. Saying the movie is unpleasant to look at. 
It's darker than seven, but without sufficient purpose. And my overall memory of it is people screaming in the shadows. To call this a comedy is a sign of optimism. To call it a comeback for Murphy is a sign of blind faith. God damn. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, yes, yeah, that's, that's rough. I mean, hey, oh, this only has a handful of. Of. <laughs> What up, JG? Uh, <laughs> Diddy in the studio, y'all. <laughs> he heard us talking shit about Ciroc and said, what? <laughs> That's a 10. That's a 10. <laughs> said, I got something for you, boys. Uh, <laughs> I'm coming to collect. Um, yeah, that it's funny because the, the fresh reviews on here aren't, they, they don't really say much either. Like Scott Rosenberg from San Francisco Examiner, he simply says it's lightweight fun. And I mean, that, I, that's yeah. an accurate depiction of what it is. Um, but I personally can say a lot more things about this. This is one of the most quotable movies I have watched. Yes. Honestly, ever. Like this is uh, this is up there quotable wise with Pootie Tang and I'm going to get you, sucker. Like it's neck and neck. Like there's a lot of scenes in this movie that I, I wrote down funny quotes for. Like I had to actually delete some just to like narrow it down. You oh, know I did when the ship crashes. Okay. John Witherspoon's character, uncle Silas says, Ahoy motherfucker, <laughs> bro. You see what I'm saying? Like just like, iconic shit. When he sees, <laughs> when he sees Eddie Murphy has transformed into a wolf and has killed 18 people. He says, that sure as hell ain't Lassie's ass, big motherfucker. <laughs> we get a, a iconic, a signature bang, 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 bang from what yes. John Witherspoon. We get two of them in the same scene. We do. We do. I'm, bro, this movie was so quotable. Um, that's another, that's that was something I wanted to ask you about. There are scenes where I was curious. Do you think John Witherspoon was just improvising? I do. Okay, because I, 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 I do. think he was. There's a scene, and I, I hope you wrote it down. Like I said, it was three in the morning, so I was pretty lazy about it, where he's describing to... So they realize the police who are played by um, Angela, Angela Bassett, Bassett and as Alan Rita and Alan, and Alan Payne, his, na- his character's name is Justice, and they're going to investigate the shipwreck and dead bodies on the boat that arrives in, in Brooklyn. And because... Um, John Witherspoon's character, Uncle Silas, is the only witness. They're asking him what happened, and he sounds crazy. He's like, there's a wolf. And they're like, are you sure it's not a dog? It's like, no, it ain't no damn dog. Yeah, like, they literally bring out a German Shepherd. You're like, you sure it wasn't one of those? He's like, no, man, it's a wolf. Which Eddie Murphy turns, I said he turned into, he lights the dog on fire. Um, I said he turned the dog into some baby back ribs. Yeah, he, like, flung the dog up into flames in the air. Into the river. It was wild. Um, but did, did you write down the story that John Witherspoon sells? No, it was too long of a quote. Uh, I just, I wrote, uh, uh I wrote, opportunity. I know I wrote, uh, that's my, one of my quotes scene. was I used to look just like that in 62. Cause John Witherspoon actually says that a few different times in the movie. Um, the first time when he's talking to Eddie Murphy for the first time, the second time, um, when he's talking to his nephew at the end. Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. I didn't even realize he says it twice. Yeah. So, so can we talk about, we've already kind of explained to you guys what the premise 
of the movie is. But can we get get a little bit more in depth? Because after you describe the pizza delivery man going to Julius, right. so- and Julius <laughs> becomes a ghoul because Eddie Murphy Eddie Murphy saves him from these Italian goons. Yeah, he, and actually, he saves them. He actually rips their heart out, which I, he has. He, a he rips one guy's heart out, and then he tears the other guy into pieces. He he rips the guy's heart out, and I want to see if I can find the quote next time. Put a little heart into it. There we go. Hey, <laughs> hey, that was one of my best lines. But oh, after man. that, he tells it. Well, actually, he moves in with Uncle Silas, played by John Witherspoon, and and um and Julius, and he tells Julius his plan to help him find this woman that is a half vampire, right? Um, to become his bride, and and part of his plan is basically ruining her life for a little bit. Until she willingly comes to him. Basically. But I need you to talk about this stalking because this is legendary. There, there's a reason so, that I called him Ben Roethlisberger. I don't want to deviate too far from my synopsis. He goes <laughs> to every extent you could ever imagine to try and get her to, yeah, he, uh, to start he, fucking he, with him. He shapeshifts into a character whose literal name is Guido. Like, like on IMDb, that's what, the, what it says, right? So he shapeshifts into this guy. Um, and pretends to stick up this Italian restaurant where she's, you know, investigating the the mob. And he like get, he's like, you know, what? I'm a kidnap you, but I'm gonna take your order first so we can get some takeout. What what you want? You want this? What you want some wine with that? And that's how he figures out what meal to make her when he takes her on a date. Like that's a real plot point in this movie. <laughs> This movie, this movie had everything, bro. <laughs> this movie literally had everything. I'm just going through my notes and I'm chuckling because I just, I, I really can't believe what I watched at three in the morning. I said, okay, that's what she said. I said, I like that. I like that. That was very good timing. I said, okay, so this is in poor taste. One, Julia's sitting on Maximilian's coffin at the apartment is the equivalent of stepping on a nigga's J's in yes. 2007. <laughs> Because uh, uh, Julius sits on once he moves in, once Maximilian moves in with Julius and Uncle Silas, he, somehow he gets his coffin. They never show the that stairs, yeah. up the stairs which by himself. Like Eddie Murphy is like a hella strong vampire who could easily do this thing by himself. But he has his ghoul who is literally decomposing, carry it up the stairs. And then when Julius sits on it, he's like, get the fuck off my coffin. I'll fuck you up. <laughs> But I said, too, this man sounds like Ben Roethlisberger talking about, I want to find the girl tonight. I don't like mirrors. (laughs) Man. And I said, oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, it was he he dropped some lines in there where I was just like, I mean, I know this is long before the Me Too movement happened, but like, God damn, like they just really went in no filter on how creepy he was going to be. I mean, we've touched on it. Actually, I thought about this. Uh, before I came over here as well to earlier today, I was like, we've touched on a lot of films with some creepy motherfuckers, but that's a different topic for a different day. We need to, we need to just start tallying up all these things that we think of in the episodes. Like, man, we've done a lot of this and just like have a ranking at the end of the season. Oh, like, like white villain rankings. White villain would ranking. be, I mean, this movie wouldn't really qualify because the mob, they're like, they're not really antagonists. They're just there. Uh, but man, Creepy motherfuckers. Eddie Murphy in this movie is pretty high on that list. He is pretty high on that list. Um, 
I said uh, her roommate is also kind of high on that list. She is a she should be she was criminally horny. Yes. I was like I. <laughs> And it's like, I get it. Like, Alan Payne's a good looking dude or whatever. But like, she followed him out of the apartment with when her first impression was that that was her roommate's dude. So it's like, like that is that is never met this man a day in his life. I'm like, that's some strong thirst. So can you also talk about that? So Alan Payne, uh, Justice and Rita, played by Angela Bassett, Angela Bassett, are partners um, yeah, they're like, but they have partners. a love connection. Going yeah, on. and it, there's there's parts of the movie where it feels like because there's a love triangle, right? So that's important. Yeah. So at first, it, it it they made it seem like he was just looking out for her as a, as his partner, right? Like, man, you're sounding crazy. Are you good? Like, like any of us would be because like, she's having vision. She paints. Like she's actually a half vampire. Her backstory is her mom has recently passed within the last, I think, couple of years or months. I, can't, I actually can't remember. But her mom was having visions because right. she fucked a vampire. And the town that she was in was like, we're about to kill a vampire because it's a vampire. Right. And then she raised Angela Bassett by herself. But she lost her mind because she lost the love of her life. Right. And Angela Bassett now also has flashbacks and visions and paints out these visions of vampires. Right. So Alan Payne, when she's on the when they're on the boat investigating the dead bodies, she starts seeing stuff. And, you know, she thinks that Eddie Murphy's character is there and she tries to chase him out. And Alan Payne is like any of us would be was just like, girl, Girl, you're a trip. Yeah, you sound like you off like, you know. So then they go see uh, see someone who has survived a vampire attack, and he tells them about what Doctor Sebi. Ten. I'm- That's a ten. <laughs> That's a ten. Because his name easily could have just been Doctor Sebi in this movie. But I I had this question tucked away specifically for you. I said, who are you taking? In a holistic medicine off, Dr. Zico or Zeko is his name in the film or Dr. Sebi. Zico, come on, bro. Okay. That man, that man gave them the recipe to stop a vampire. Oh, I didn't even get to these jokes. Oh my God. Okay. I just want to rattle them I off. Just thought, I just thought I was a fucking comedian watching this guys. I, I hope you guys think this, this is funny. If you, you don't, watch this movie, I don't care. <laughs> you watch this movie and got and got taken over by the spirit of 85 Eddie Murphy. <laughs> I said Maximilian. Okay. So when, when um, Rita goes to with Alan, Alan Payne is there as well, right? Mm-hmm. To visit um, the doctor. That has survived a vampire. Uh, yeah. They, they talk to him at his club. A, a vampire, a, a vampire attack at the club, which is wild because he has a snake in the club, which I've never There's seen. There's a lot of crazy stuff about that scene. That club wasn't like making- they don't they don't they don't explain why this snake doctor in the club. Has they're a playing club. a um they're playing a cover of No Woman No Cry in the background. Yes, which I, was, I definitely wrote that down. Um, but I said Maximilian. All, she finds out they're going to the club, and of course he's stalking her the entire film. Right. I said Maximilian snuck up on Rita. At the club, like O.J. Simpson, I just think Damn. it's hilarious that he said there's a killer on the loose. The juice was, in fact, loose. I put that in my notes. Uh, <laughs> and then I said, OK, I'm actually dying because this nigga actually described O.J. Simpson to a T when she's at when. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. too. <laughs> when. <laughs> When she asked him, what might you know about him? 
Uh, oh my god, oh my god. Um, so Rita was talking to Maximilian, and she asked, "No, she was talking to Doctor Sebi, right?" Mm-hmm. And she was asked, "What you might, what might you know about him?" And he said. He's very smart. He's very quick and quite deadly. And I wrote, that's three, that's two thirds of OJ Simpson. Wait, wasn't OJ Simpson on the loose in 1995? (laughs) (laughs) So this movie is Bones mixed with OJ Simpson. It's OJ Simpson. It's It's Bones on Juice. Oh my god! I need that on a shirt. <laughs> JG, can you drop? Can you drop a bomb or something? I need a sound effect, yo. <laughs> it's bones on juice. That's quality, my man. Hey, <laughs> that's quality, bro. But yes, no. Please continue, continue the club scene because I keep getting distracted. There are just too many pockets. I, I was bouncing around. I was here. I was there. I was there. I was in my bed at three in the morning. Like this is great, <laughs> man. I, I watched the movie. Um, I watched it during the day uh, and then I, I rewatched like half of it because I just kept pausing to take notes and stuff. But when I was watching it and that club scene happens and Eddie Murphy just shows up and he's like, well, I'm going to get her to dance. And she's like about to dance. Then Alan Payne comes back and he's like, we got to go. And out of nowhere, Kadeem Hardison cuts in and is like, yo, man, he got all the bitches. He got all the pussy. And I'm just like... Even if you're trying to be helpful, even if you're trying to wingman. Oh, he was the worst wingman in the the history. Bro, like you'd be banned from wingmanning. Like people would keep you away. You'd be on a block list. Yo, for sure. For sure. And you look like you're smoking crack and you're trying to big me up, but you're making me look. I mean, admittedly, he's creepy. But you're making me look more creepy. Oh. He's he's creepy, but like she uh. didn't know that at the time, right? Like she should have so pick, did, picked up on those vibes. Once I did you, write down, one, uh, <laughs> yo, I know this was the '90s, but there's no way a woman who looks like Angela Bassett would have gone for a guy who had Eddie Murphy's hairstyle and accent. I don't know, bro. He had gold. Go- gold on a piece of shit is still gold on a piece of shit. <laughs> But are you taking that gold? Because I am. I'm not. <laughs> I'm moving to New York, bro. It's expensive out here. <laughs> Niggas are broke. <laughs> I'm struggling, yo. Oh, my God. Okay, so from there, they leave the club scene, right? Like, right. Eddie Murphy leave. was doing a pretty good job. He was dirty macking. He saw Alan Payne. Alan Payne saw Eddie Murphy dirty, saw Max, Maximilian dirty Mac and was like, let's get the fuck out of here. We, we've got all the information that we need. Yeah. He gets her, he gets her in trouble at her job. He gets her, he gets but, her suspended. What? But, but then, okay. So we've, we've kind of bounced around cause this, this movie bounces everywhere. After they leave the club, they go back to her apartment. We've already discussed her thirsty ass roommate. Yeah. Who dies? RIP. Um, <laughs> it is what it is, but. He okay, so this was another OJ Simpson moment because he was hiding outside her apartment window. <laughs> Look at it. Oh my god. Oh my god, with the yellow eyes. Oh man. This movie is so much that we could talk about. It's really too much, bro. It's really too much. But I I yeah, I will say this. Let's let's get into our best scenes best lines and then i i'm giving this episode we don't even have to do flowers i'm giving everyone flowers flower for you flower for you (laughs) everybody gets a fucking bouquet because this movie was so entertaining so what are your what are some of your best lines 
And what are some of your favorite scenes? You can so do I'll, I'll start with my favorite performance because you already gave yours. With it's John, John Witherspoon. Witherspoon. It's not close. I, so I wrote him down, but I think I have to give it to Angela Bassett because this is a goofy movie with a goofy ass script. And she's like still like giving it her all <laughs> like Angela Bassett, like was really acting in this movie. And this movie has lines like next time, put a little heart into it or you can't push a $2 hoe to the limit. She don't have no line. <laughs> and then another favorite line of mine, ass is good and evil is good. And if you get you a, a piece of evil ass, woo. <laughs> all right. All right. And then my last favorite line was the random white chick in the park. I understand how you've been chained down by the oppressive white capitalist society. And the amount of times I've heard white women say things like that is hilarious. Like, I don't know how they predicted that white women would be like this someday. But, yo, whoever wrote that line for that actress to say, you des- you deserve a raise, whoever you are. Okay, so do you, I, I know you have more, or are you stopping? No, no, these are the ones I left in. I cut all the other ones. I had I had about eight more lines that I cut out just because I knew we were going to get out of hand. <laughs> okay, all right. is it my turn? Yeah. Okay, for best lines. Ooh, I have a lot. Okay, we already touched on Uncle Silas, the signature of bang, 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 RIP to Pops, right? RIP. We have... Um, uh, again, going back to, so there's a scene and I, I kind of have to give you guys context for the, for this scene after, after Alan Payne or justice, justice takes, um, uh, Rita back to her, her apartment. Um, her roommate, I can't remember her name. I feel bad is hitting on Alan Payne, Nikki, he, Nikki, he leaves. Okay. Eddie Murphy then meets her on the street, fucks her. He, he takes her back to the apartment, their apartment, has sex, loud sex, and murders her. Angela Bassett, Rita, thinks that Alan Payne is the one came her, back yeah. inside and had sex and with- And came inside. <laughs> you're on a roll today, my brother. <laughs> so she's mad. Like, they have this kind of, like, weird, like, romantic connection, but they're neither of them have acted on, on it. So they're right. like, you know, we like each other, but we're not. Whatever. We, we're partners. Uh, professionally so she's kind of mad at him so eddie murphy starts prying at that to uh, to get angela bassett closer to him and she's like i need to talk to somebody about this i'm frustrated i think he had sex with uh my roommate and he should know that i like him whatever whatever so she's like i need to go talk to a pastor (laughs) (laughs) pastor paulie at the church (laughs) i a played by eddie murphy that scene fucking iconic which which is the scene that that bryce already quoted with good evil, evil is, is good, good. Ass is Ed, good yeah eddie murphy finds the pastor and i think he kills him actually I'm, I'm pretty sure he does yeah yeah he kills him and then shape shifts into him to talk to angela bassett's character so he's about to go into church to say the sermon then he sees a picture of uh of jesus in the church and starts smoking yeah, like his hair literally starts smoking when he looks at the cross and the the the. I said he starts smoking like a chimney. 
Yeah, the, and yells, "God damn!" You literally in the, in church. the church, which and causes at, everyone to be like, "What?" Look, yeah. So he's like, "Yeah, let's not." The, the, I'm feeling the spirit. Let's have the sermon outside. So he has it on the stoop, and he's saying, "Evil is good." I I have a similar quote, favorite quote. I said, when he's having his speech, he said, uh, "Evil is good." Um, evil and is necessary. Uh. Brother Brown. So Brother Brown is some random dude in the in the crowd and he outs him. He's like, evil is good. Ass is good. Brother Brown just was with a two dollar hoe <laughs> the other day. Man, um, that's one of my favorites. Eddie Murphy. This movie is racist. Like I said, a lot of racist lines. Get your fucking hands. Uh, get your fucking hands up, Sambo, when he transforms yep. into the Italian that's sticking up the Italian restaurant. Uh, he also says, watch it, John Shaft. I'll put a hole in your afro talking to Alan Payne. Who did not have an afro. Who did not movie. have an afro. So this movie is fantastic. I know we have to wrap, but I I, I want to hear what are your closing statements about this film? Uh, I wanted to give additional flowers. I mentioned them already, but Charlie Murphy, man. R.I.P. Uh, yeah. Very, very sad when he died. Uh, but as someone who came up with the story with his brother and then actually wrote a good chunk of the screenplay, man, you got to give credit where credit's due. Writing screenplays is not easy. Uh, sometimes it's fairly frustrating. But to to write um to write a script that Wes Craven then looked at and was like, yeah, I'll direct that. That's insane. So yeah. my additional flowers for sure go to Charlie Murphy. Uh, and my closing thoughts are just, you know, Vampire in Brooklyn. I can't say it's a, a fantastic, well, most well-made film of I all can. time or anything, but I it's can. just, I can. it's so entertaining, bro. Like it's so, so much of the movie is iconic and little kid Bryce loved this movie a, a lot. And I'm not exactly sure what I loved about it then other than just it's a black vampire. It's like, what's Angela, there not to like? It's got Angela Bassett. Right. Like little kid Bryce Huffman was like, come on. Like, that's Angela Bassett. This, you got Tina Turner in the movie. Come on, son. Uh, but now I look at it and I'm just like, man, like they really went for it. Like this is a weird, wild ride of a movie. And those are those are my closing thoughts. What you got? I got to say Brooklyn stand up. My, my girlfriend and I are hoping to move to Brooklyn. So if I run into you, Eddie Murphy... <laughs> Shout out to JG. Let's go. If I run into you, Eddie Murphy as Maximilian, please don't stalk my girlfriend because I will put a stake in your fucking heart. I'll kill you. But that was not a threat. Um, all that to say, this is a fantastic film. Um, this is one of, and don't get me wrong. We've covered some films while we've been doing the podcast where I actually wouldn't recommend to people. Like I'm just being Battlefield honest. Earth. Battlefield Earth, a saga of the year. Thousand. Um, <laughs> Hey, it is what it is. But this is one I definitely think you should check out. Um, it's easy to find. I rented it on YouTube for three dollars. Oh, it's on HBO. I don't have HBO. I'm not a baller. You, know, I, you could have mine. I'm not a baller. Oh well. Say, say your password. I'm on. using I'm using your Amazon Prime. So say your say, say your password on on the mic. No. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, everyone. This has been great. I'm happy to be back. Yes. Do, 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 do. Um, yes. Bryce, you wanna you wanna close us out? Yeah. Play me some pimping, man. You know, if if you ever come face to face with a vampire in, in Brooklyn and he has a bad Caribbean accent, just, you know, offer to be his assistant like Kadeem Hardison or 
you know, just shove some garlic in his face because he was really mad when they put garlic in he his face at the he restaurant. Wasn't, he wasn't feeling the garlic. He was he was really mad. <laughs> but that's that's all for me. Uh, and yeah, we'll see you next week. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Peace. Peace. Movies at 2 a.m. is brought to you by me and Irving Thomas. You can keep up with us by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Movies at 2 a.m. You can also chat with us on the Movies at 2 a.m. Facebook page, where we love to hear about what your favorite movies are and what movies you want to hear us talk about in the future. Special thanks to the big homie JG from the Audio Wave Network for engineering the show, and shout out to the Eastside Community Network for allowing us to record there. The intro and outro music was done by Lex the Radical, and the logo was designed by Bo Yang Yu. Subscribe now wherever you listen to your podcasts.